When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Bunting has just scored for the Maple Leafs. It's 2-2. Maple Leafs and Panthers, about five minutes left in the second period. Panthers were up 2-0 at one point. Uh, Nyes scored the other goal for Toronto. So good game going on there. Later, Kraken at Stars. Baseball tonight. Blue Jays leading the Red Sox 6-3. That is in the middle of the fifth. Oilers tomorrow at Vegas. Face-off show on 6.30. Chet is at 5.30. The game is at 7.30. Game two, as you've been hearing, but I'll just say it again, <laughs> just in case, is now on Saturday. It's an earlier game. It'll start at 5. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7.30 here on 6.30. Chet. And as you heard our report from uh, Graham Mossman from the Chuck, he's going to do his two to six show in Vegas. Uh, not everybody on that flight happy that the game has been moved. And I can understand the frustration if you were an Oilers fan going down today or tomorrow and you were hoping to go to game two on Friday and come back on Saturday. There is now a big wrench in your plans. 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do we have coming in? Mm -hmm. Well, we'll start off the text tonight with Spaceman who texts in and says, Hey, Reed, I'm fairly new to following the Oilers, and I've learned a lot from your show. I'd like to know, are the playoff schedules always so seemingly unorganized? <laughs> Dates being changed and arena acts being rescheduled after people have already bought tickets and booked time off seems surprisingly unprofessional for a brand like the NHL. And, Reed, that's basically the sentiment on social media today. Today I've seen too. So I, I, well, what was the, what was his question? How did he exactly word that? Was it usually? I'd like this? to know: Are the playoff schedules always so seemingly unorganized? Uh, I would say no. I can't recall. Now, this isn't something I make note of, but I, like many of you, I've been following the NHL all of my life. I can't remember the day of a game being moved after they announced it. Like they said Friday, the times were TBD. Mm. And that's, and I should say that's not unusual for the times of games to be determined because as the, what they've done here for round two is they've announced all the dates and they've announced the game times for the first four games. And then games five, six, and seven in every series, it says time to be determined because it's going to depend on whether or not there's a doubleheader that night. You know, because the, they try to slot it in there around that 8 Eastern time if there's only one game. So that's not unusual. But, yeah, the and sometimes they might say, okay, here's the start of a series and then we'll do the rest later. That's not unusual. Uh, but but to me, this this is strange with the game being moved from Friday to Saturday. Now, don't forget, it's not. this is not all Vegas's fault or not all the – and I'm not saying the Oilers are at fault, but you got to remember the, the whole Shania thing could factor into this, right? Because did you want to have a game on Sunday after two days of Shania and you got to take, you know, take everything down and whether the ice condition is going to be and all that kind of stuff. But again, 
why not just announce game one and not announce game two or decide earlier well wait a minute we, we know Shania is happening so let's do Wednesday and Saturday in Vegas and then not get and not get back to Edmonton until Monday I understand the frustration because at this time of year well okay a the people who traveled to Vegas that's pretty frustrating and we're at the time of year where I'm sure for many of you if you're listening to a sports show you might organize your life around <laughs> when the Oilers play so you can watch or make sure you watch with certain people or as I was saying go to the watch party or, or things like that so anyway yeah I get it I mean it's not easy making a schedule I, I should say that arena availability plays into it but he's right there was a concert that was moved so disturbed I get it. I, I'm a little bit disturbed I don't know more about disturbed they've been around since 2000 since 2000 yep but I like their music. I mean, they play harder, heavier music, don't they? It's it's very new metal-y. So, so it would be too intense for for Little Reed Wilkins? I don't know. Were you a big fan of bands like the Deftones and Korn and Limp Bizkit? Not really. No, they're, they're kind of along that I same line. I like the line, melodic so. rock. Uh, you know what? Their later stuff's kind of melodic. You, anyway. you might like the later stuff. They do a, anyway, an amazing uh, don't track. Do, don't do the music stuff now. We well, don't want to get too off track. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> so their concert was Wednesday. Later. We'll do that later. Their their show was Wednesday. That's now Thursday. So if you're going to Disturbed, you now we're going to go Thursday, May 11th. Show at 7, doors at 6. All tickets for the original date uh, are valid with no action from the ticket holder required so that's going on there okay anyway we got dave campbell at commonwealth stadium as the cfl draft is going on hey dave hello (laughs) thanks thanks for hopping on uh what what is going to have the elks picked yet what happened picked yes they have picked and uh, they have uh, they they you know as you know, CFL drafts are unpredictable, and I believe they made an unpredictable type of pick. Uh, Montreal linebacker Michael Broderick is the uh, selection of the Edmonton Elks at second overall. Uh, Chris Jones said they made this decision late last night, uh, and they just basically his combine was really, really good. And you know, when the combine was here about uh, well, about five weeks ago, six weeks ago here in Edmonton, and uh, Jones said uh, basically. Uh, he was the rated high analytically as far as skill set and also just as just as a pure athlete. He's six uh, two, uh, just a hair under two hundred and thirty pounds, uh, or two hundred and twenty two pounds uh, to be exact. Uh, ran a four five forty. His short shuttle was pretty good at four two eight, and just a guy who is physical and someone that's going to get downhill and kind of has that uh, that that football. Um, kind of, you know, just, just that leadership type. Uh, Mike O'Shea was a comparison uh, that we heard uh, of Broderick. So sort of like the, a man's man of a football player, you know, very smart, uh, very, very physical and fast. And uh, someone that's going to come and add a bit of versatility, I would imagine uh, top candidate to play special teams, but could play at will linebacker, could play at middle linebacker. So uh, the Elks have a lot of Canadian linebackers now, including a couple of starters in uh, Adam Konar and last year's uh, fourth overall selection from the Elks uh, 
uh, Enoch Maconzo. So it's best player available, and Michael Broderick uh, gets uh, gets selected, which is a, a bit of a surprise because there was, uh, you know, Lowell Guac, who is from Edmonton and played at TCU, uh, who went to the national championship game against Georgia. They thought that, you know, maybe he would be, uh, I thought he'd be an option. There's maybe a couple other defensive tackles as well, but they go linebacker, they go skill position, and uh, they're pretty happy with uh, what Michael Broderick will bring. Okay, Dave, uh, I'll let you get back to work. So if, do you think maybe you can check in just before the end of the show to see what else has happened? We can wrap that Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Just oh. to let you know, that the next pick is the 18th overall pick for the Elks, and that's a territorial pick. So that's likely going to be a Golden Bear, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. All right? Oh, okay. Thanks for checking in, Dave. All right. And we'll also get some comments from uh, Chris Jones as we move along tonight as well. And uh, you can chime in too, 780-496-0063. A lot of talk, not just about the Oilers from the hockey side of it, which I'm happy to hear about, but as we just had that text reaction to the game times, the schedule, the watch parties, we can dive into all those sorts of things as well. Back in a couple minutes, Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, well, the Panthers score late in the second period. So 3-2 Florida for Hagee gets big goals. He gets it for the Panthers. So 3-2 Panthers leading the Leafs after two. Of course, we will keep you updated on that one. Oilers tomorrow again for the watch parties. It's now 18-plus for the Fan Park and the Plaza. There's a family-friendly viewing party in Sir Winston Churchill Square. That'll start at 630 18 plus now to get into the uh, fan park and the plaza. 7804960063. Kellen, what do we have? Well, we got a couple from uh, a couple of favorites here on the text line. You already answered Matt in a culvert's question with the changes to the uh, Roger Place watch party and that stuff. He also adds See, that, that it's hot in the culvert today. It must be very hot in the culvert. But I can read your mind, Matt. There we go. I am so in tune with the culvert. He uses the culvert to amplify his uh, mental abilities. Sort of like Professor X. What was the thing he used to detect mutants? Cerebro. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's like one X-Men fan out there who's like, oh, yeah, that's a good comparison, Reed. Everybody <laughs> else is like, what is going on on this show? We have Brian texting in, too. And <laughs> Including <laughs> Kellen, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, is this when you get into comic books? I'm like, that's Reed's thing. So there we go. <laughs> um, we got Brian texting in, and he asks, Reed, what's the power play penalty kill discrepancy looking like in this series? Are the oh, that's Golden great. Knights you know, I, I did that yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. Did I save my notes from yesterday? Of course I didn't. So I will just look them up now. Online. Remember, Kellen, I think I started the show yesterday with I that. I believe that was our first segment, I yes. believe that was the first thing I go. talked about. The Oilers are 56.3% on the power play. The Golden Knights were 58.3% on the penalty kill. 
So they did not do well killing penalties against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Golden Knights power play 18.8%. Now the Oilers PK percentage doesn't sound very good either. 66.7%. As you know, LA's power play was quite good. It went seven for 21, but the Oilers were over 50%. I could say advantage Oilers, but I think the Oilers have the advantage on their power play against anybody. I don't really, I wouldn't look at any team. I mean, look, if the, if the Oilers were playing a team that had, had killed off 40 consecutive penalties, I wouldn't say, oh, well, that team has the advantage on Edmonton. I'd say, no, the Oilers have the advantage because they literally have, based on the percentages from this past season, the best power play of all time. Now, yes, there's no power play stats from, what, the 50s when the NHL had to change the rules so you couldn't score more than one power play goal on a two-minute penalty so the Canadians were so good. Okay, since the NHL, I think we can safely say since the NHL expanded from six to 12 teams and onward up to 32, the Oilers have the best power play in that era for sure and one of the best of all time, if you don't want to hand them the best of all time. So those are the percentages. Uh, greatly in favor of the Oilers. Though every series takes on its own life, and uh, a one good game or one one bad game or a couple of each could really sway those percentages because we're still relatively early in the playoffs. But that is the that is the one thing I don't worry about is the Oilers' power play being productive. And if it isn't, I still think they got a chance to win the series because they're much deeper and better five on five than they have been in a long time. Mm-hmm. And we got a late one coming in here from Matt, different Matt. Texting in and saying the Elks need is everywhere after last year. Hopefully they can well, win some home games. Yeah, well, you know what? To be like to be fair, the Elks need is, is is not just after last year. It's after the last two and a half seasons. There was no season in 2020. Uh, in 2019, I've used this stat before. Uh, I, I need a. I, I gotta keep a big notebook on my stats because a lot of times I just keep them for one or two shows. Hmm. Uh, what was it in 2019? Did they not go two and seven? In the second half of the season, they were six and three, and they finished eight and ten. So that's two and seven in the second half of that season. There was no season in 2020. Then they went three and eleven in the shortened year, and then they went four and fourteen last year. So that is nine and uh, 32 in their last 41 regular season games. They did make the playoffs. Don't forget in 2019, and they beat Montreal in the East Semi when Trevor Harris had that uh, incredible game where he barely threw an incompletion, and then they lost to Hamilton in the East Final. But regular season, the Elks are nine and 32. So I don't think saying that their needs are everywhere. I, I mean, yes, yes, that Matt is right after last season, but really after the last two and a half seasons. So I won't keep 2020 in a non-season. It's, it's been tough. And we talked about this during the season last year, the CFL season. Hopefully it's not the dialogue we're having three months from now. This is, without exaggeration, this is literally the, all, well, it's close. It's, it's one of the worst times in franchise history. One of the worst two. In, in 1962, the Elks went 6-9-1 which not terrible, but not good enough, missed the playoffs. Then they went 2-14, and 4-12, and 5-11. and 11. So that's the neighborhood. Okay, so what's that record? 2-14. and 14. I mean, that's 11 wins in three seasons. Uh, the Elks are at 9 and 2.5 this, uh, this time around. So it, it's close. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. You'd hope there's nowhere to go but up. You'd hope they'd uh, win some home games. And... Um, you hope they're competitive for a playoff spot. I, just from what I'm hearing around the league, Saskatchewan not expected to be great. 
maybe some drop off in Calgary. I'll see that when I believe it. They always seem to be pretty good. BC won't have the star quarterback back, so I, I guess that's could be a loss for them. All right. Uh, tell you what, if if there's no one on hold, Kellen, we can go to some Chris Jones clips. Do you see those coming in? I see those right now. Yeah. Which one did you? Okay. Want? So first of all, uh, the one where Chris Jones says that there was interest in their second overall pick. Well, there was some there was some interest from other teams to try to move up to that spot, and you know once we kind of came to this uh, agreement last night that you know this is the direction that we need to go because there's some awful good football players in this first round, and uh, you know a lot of it's not like that a lot of teams can can pick a wrong guy, you know. So there's some good football players, and we had to go through every single one of them because we didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Okay, so the pick is Michael Broderick, linebacker out of Montreal and Jones says Broderick is, Broderick is excited to come to camp he couldn't even hardly say anything a minute ago when I when I called him he just he was just like thank you you know and uh, he, uh, he you could tell that he was extremely emotional and um, I told him I said I'll call you in a little while all you coaches will call you and uh, he was he was excited about being here all right and Jones also elaborated on deciding to pick Broderick second overall and we've watched a lot of film, and again, I've got to uh, give credit to the young guys that uh, that we've got working in our personnel department. I mean, we've uh, Ben's run all the analytics, and uh, and Franz and 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 Jordan, they've done a great job of just grinding through the film and, and trying to call as many people as we can. And and uh, of course, Marcus Howe's heavily involved in our Canadian side, and so uh, I've got to give them all the credit uh, for for the pick, and we. We uh, came to an agreement uh, late last night, early this morning, on exactly who we were going to take, who could make the biggest impact uh, this year, and uh, and that's what we that's what we've come up with. I mean, he's the uh, he's the third best athlete with all the the metrics that we look at, the analytics that we look at. He's the third best athlete uh, in the draft, even as a 225-pound linebacker, and he's the third best uh, analytic uh, athletic guy in his position in the last 16 years. So we. Uh, at his position so he's a tremendous athlete we look forward to having him and uh, and again as many places as he can play showed lots of versatility all right a little bit there from Chris Jones and uh, the Elks uh, as Dave said next picking 18th Dave will check in again before the end of the show just for the update there so Dante Bowl out of Fresno State offensive lineman went first overall to the Ottawa Red Blacks and then Michael Broderick, the linebacker, goes to the Elks second overall. So just the update there at the uh, top of the draft. Oilers tomorrow. Remember, go to the contest page on 630Ched.com. Enter you or someone you know in our Oilers Super Fan Contest. And we're going to send somebody to a home game in round two. We'll announce the winner during Chelsea on Ched at a later date. It's sort of like the uh, NHL playoff schedule. We'll just say we'll do it at a later date. Some finalists out today for NHL awards. Lady Bing, the finalists are Jack Hughes, Odze Kopitar, and Braden Point. For the Selkie, Patrice Bergeron, Nico Heischer, and Mitch Marner are the finalists for the Selkie. All right, 780-496-0063. What an incredible first round. It ended last night with a Devils victory. Ken Danico will enlighten us on that team.